one of you is the monster. Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a A very very British British horror. horror. And, And what's this, Paul? Is this a new episode, like less than a year after the last new episode? <laughs> it is, depending on when I get around to editing it and uploading it. Okay, so so no promises. But, you know, it's looking hopeful. <laughs> it is. Right, right. Um, so, um, and, and thank you to the listeners who have presumably run out of episodes of Paul Cornell stuff and now found us. I'm not obsessed with Paul Cornell, a little bit. You are a little bit. A bit. Yeah, but I was reading a book by Paul Cornell earlier today, so he was... Like, okay. at the forefront of my mind. What book was that? It was called Why I Stole Chris Denton's Idea for a Podcast. Ah, okay. I'm not aware <laughs> of that book. No, no. I think that no. might just exist in the library in your head. <laughs> no, it was called Who Killed Sherlock Holmes? Oh, and okay. it's actually very good. Is it? It's part oh, of okay. Shadow Police series. Yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it, actually. In fact, okay. I had to not read the ending so I could record this podcast. Ah, okay. But I'll read the ending. I will read the ending. I mean, it wasn't either or, it's just do one later. Yeah. Anyway, stop talking about Paul Cornell. Just shut up about Paul Cornell. <laughs> what film are we going to talk about today, Paul? So we Cornell. are... <laughs> we're, we're gonna be... Okay, you answer. He's busy. Uh, right. So we are going to be uh, going down into uh, the crypt and meeting the crypt keeper and seeing what he has in store for us with Tales from the Crypt. I, I threw you off a bit, didn't you I? Did. <laughs> Sorry about that. I had an absolutely brilliant, blinding introduction, and you just, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, Tales of the Crypt. Now, um, of course, made by Amicus. It is, yeah. And directed by Freddie Francis, um, second of the great British horror directors of the Golden Age, maybe? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I probably agree with that. Because Terence Fisher is obviously number yeah. one. But then, then, then after him, there's a there's a few vying, but but Freddie Francis yeah. maybe maybe the second, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Michael Reeves possibly, yeah. But um, you got Roy Ward Baker. There are some yeah. other. I think Freddie Francis could take Roy Ward Baker easily in a in a fight. Seth Holt, I've always had a soft spot for. Yeah, but um, yeah. It's obviously, except when he dies in the middle of a film, which. Well, maybe would that's be, where my would sympathy, be a bit of an issue. sympathy comes from. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, um, and of course, based on um, Tales from the Crypt, based on uh, American subject matter, which is interesting. Yes, so it's based on several of the EC comics. So although it's called Tales from the Crypt, um, a lot of them come from uh, some of the other um, comics that they produced. I yeah, I read that too. Yeah, on, so on I think Wikipedia. One of them is, <laughs> I think um, I can't remember what, what they're called now. Uh, the Haunt of Fear, and really, um, yeah, that was the, one of the other comics. And I think um, something like Vault of Terror. Or it's Vault of Horror. Vault of Horror. Hence, the sequel to this film yes. is Vault of Horror. Yes, and, but let's not get to the sequel already. Let's do no. this. Was so, so uh, again, and, and these comics were quite popular in the 1950s and they were, um, again, they would have like a, each one of them would have a different sort of um, narrator who would narrate these sort of horror tales that generally had some sort of morality to them, uh, some sort of message in the end, but were quite sort of graphic and grim and horrible. 
Um, and what's interesting, although I think I'm right in speaking for you as well, because we're both quite big into comics, but I don't think I've ever read one of these. I've read some of them because I think in the late 90s, they, they or early 90s, they, <coughs> they started to get uh, reprints. So EC also did things like Weird Science and, and there was another, there was a fantasy one and they did all kinds of these sort of pulpy comic type magazines. Um, and they also produced Mad Magazine, which as we discussed before, I know. Still, I read loads. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Um, um, I read loads of Mad Magazine yeah. when I was uh, when I was a kid because it used to get little paperback collections yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. and and um, oh, Sergio Aragones. Yeah, yeah, uh, great artist, although not related to British horror in any way. Sadly, no, no. <laughs> um, um, yeah. But but don't you think? Oh, I mean, you can see why. Even though it's interesting, this is like a purely. I mean, you see, these these comics are purely an American thing. Yes, yeah, so there's no, no think... resemblance to to no. Brit- British comics of the time. We talked about Scream in an, an earlier yeah, episode, yeah. but but uh, that came later, and that was the only yeah, real there British. Yeah, there wouldn't have been anything comic. like this in the seventies, and yeah, EC comics not really a thing over here at that time. But um, of course, the format because I think I'm right in saying that these were anthology comics. Yes, they were. Yeah, absolutely perfect for, for yeah adaption by. Um, Amicus, who by this time had already um, built up their reputation for these uh, portmanteau yeah, um, yeah. horror films. It was their, 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 their niche, their special thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And so, so you can see the perfect fit. And of course, um, uh, Milton Sabotsky, who uh, produced and, and wrote the screenplay, yeah. he indeed was American. Exactly. So, so he would have been aware of these. And, um, y- yes, and... EC Comics, I think, were quite interesting in that uh, they became the subjects of a big uh, witch hunt, excuse the pun, in the 50s when uh, there was a, a psychiatrist called Frederick Wortham who, based on very little actual real evidence, decided that uh, comics led to delinquency and wrote a, a fairly uh, an academic sort of a book describing this, which was taken seriously all over the place and led to um, the comics industry having to form the sort of comics code authority and largely led to EC wiping themselves out because they couldn't show any horror content and that, that does sound bad and was bad yeah. but it but, but it did indirectly lead to 60s Batman Adam it West did. Batman yes. so there we yeah. go <laughs> every cloud yeah. and all that exactly um, oh yeah so um my theory, which I've probably mentioned before, but not for quite a few episodes, is is that um, like worldwide horror in, in in this period meant British horror, basically. Um, so American horror films, European horror films, they, they were essentially imitating British horror tropes, yeah, anyway. Yeah. But but here's a perfect example. This is an American horror film. It's got no absolute business to be made in in, in England, but no. but because you know all horror films are made in England, yeah. they just well, okay, well, let's do that. But it is, <laughs> but it is very, very very British, isn't it? It's like oh cast, well, well, the, the, there's nothing the, nothing more British than the start where um, Cat Weasel <laughs> <laughs> is essentially leading a group of people around yeah. this tour of a of a crypt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, uh, the, the great the great Jeffrey Belden. Yeah, um, in a little cameo as the tour yeah. guide, but then um, the, the the subjects of the uh, the little stories 
um, they're they're all separated from um, the the main group. Yeah, and 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 some some of the uh, to be honest, I'm going to be honest, um, the the really famous uh, now for modern audiences uh, member of this little yeah. party is Joan Collins. Joan Collins, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joan Joan Collins, and in in her in in her kind of horror. Phase. Uh, yeah. She, her career, she went through a lot of phases, but she did have yeah. a kind of um, British horror phase. Which, and she's because she's, she's in a number of these films. Um, Fear in the Night. Yeah. Um, a big Hammer contribution, um, and I think she made a film for uh, Tyburn as well. Okay. Now, in fact, I know she did. Yeah. <laughs> No, there's some doubt, but I know, I know she did. Um, no, yeah. So, uh, are you looking up? No, she did. No, I'm not, look, I'm not looking it up. <laughs> no, you should look it up. I believe you. Maybe I'm not obsessive. Maybe I'm just hallucinating. Okay. Well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, the, but the the other the other it, it's a uh, like apart from Joan, it's a collection of um, British character actors. Yeah. There's um, Ian Hendry is another one of them. Yeah. Whom um, I think oh. We didn't do an episode of it, but no, we did. He, we didn't do it in the end, but yeah, he's in uh, Captain Kronos. Captain Kronos. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Uh, but he, he was also famously the 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 one that didn't carry on starring in the Avengers. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, the Avengers. <laughs> he was. He was. Yeah, yeah. Steve was his sidekick. Yes, yeah, in the yeah. first series. And then, yeah, yeah. I can't. The thing is, he's quite like a gruff kind of. Uh, he's he's more of. Um, uh, kind of an Albert Finney kind of actor than he yeah, is like a yeah. Patrick McNee. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, no wonder it didn't really work. No, well, again, <laughs> I think that, thing. That, that first series was quite um, was was quite sort of a more of a gritty kind of um, like an spy type thriller, and then they just went in a totally different direction. Yeah. The kind of quirky version it was later on, uh, and and there are I'll have to get the IMD page up to tell you who the other people are but anyway there's, well no there's there is one more famous person you've got uh, Richard Green uh, who is <laughs> most famous for being Robin Hood in the yeah 19- so I, I knew he was in it was it the 1950s or the 60s Ham- he was also Hammer's Robin Hood he was yeah or one of Hammer's Robin Hood yeah. in Sword of Sherwood Forest yeah exactly I think that was a, that was a little bit Sword of, Sword of Sherwood Forest was a little bit was that 60 I something. Like I've that, watched yeah. all the Hammer Robin Hood films, but um, yeah, I think they're like seven years of spaced out. Seven years later, sort of showed for us. I think might be the nineteen sixty one. Yeah, that's the one with Peter Cushing as the sheriff. Yes. Yeah. Now, yeah. The funny thing is, I I couldn't tell you now which one it was. Oh, oh, it's him. Oh, sorry, I'm just showing Chris a photo. So Richard Green is this the is one the, from the Wish You Were, were Here? here. Oh. Yeah. No, I. I had no idea that was... Even though I knew the film, I never really, didn't realise that was Robin Hood. What What a man of a thousand faces. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I I've, think the thing is, I don't, I've got a feeling he, he um, didn't live that much longer than a few more years after this film. I could be wrong. So this might be as old as he got on screen. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know too much about him. Uh, apart from his Robin Hood, <laughs> I did recognise the name. But that no, okay. But you know, if you're looking for star power, right? And this is taking on 
moving on to the next bit of the podcast where we continue with the plot. We're talking about star power now because these five uh, these five people get uh, they find their way to this um, this antechamber place or this yeah, it's like a th- throne room almost yeah. and, and sitting on skull. on the yeah like the chair. sitting on the, the the chair embedded in the skull is none other than God from Time Bandits. Yeah. Sir Ralph Richardson. <laughs> um and, and then and then you've got um yeah. So you'd think, wouldn't you? I'm gonna say this now because I'm gonna get yeah, this yeah. out of the way. You'd think having one of the great theatrical actors of the time. Yeah. Sir Ralph Richardson of one of the three greats, probably greats of all time yeah. of British theatre with um, uh, Olivier and Gilgood, yeah, yeah, yeah. had Richardson, yeah, yeah. and you think, great, yeah, I'm in for he's, a... Ri- he's, yeah, I mean, he's surely going to be... I'm in for a rare treat brilliant. now, he's going to raise the bar, <laughs> and, 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 and uh, well, well, it's not the case, is it? It's not the case. <laughs> he's, what do you mean? He's not, he's not actually bad, cause, but he, he's... I, he's I, th- just, I think he's, just, he's perfunctory. He's, I would say his delivery is perfunctory. Yeah, <laughs> I... I, I I sort of get a feeling he doesn't. He's not really taking it seriously. Well, but this is, but this is, well, because well, he probably filmed it in about half a day or something well, stupid. I'm sure. I'm sure it was like one or two days at most. This, yeah. this the, the linking sequence is probably all filmed then. But um, he's, he's not a method actor, so so obviously was he? So 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 he would have like um, given it his best if he'd been able to. But maybe he thought. I just say these words. I can't really see what this character's doing, or whatever. Yeah. Although, that, though there is a kind of, uh, uh, well, there is an art to it. But well. yeah, he does. I mean, he's yeah, he's not a character. In, he in the same way as in the comics, he's like the sort of host. Yeah. So, so they, they've translated it. So in, in the comic. The crypt keeper just speaks out of panel, doesn't he? Yes. Just, so just, he just to, introduces it and then appears at the end as well yeah. to, to close it off. So, to, but they they've but trans- this is like translated integrated it. it into the actual story. Well, by just having him do the introductions, talking to the person whose story it is, rather yeah, than to yeah, to yeah. directly out to camera. Yeah. Um, it's not that elegant a device, is it? it no. It, 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 but then that becomes the sort of standard. Well. Um, well, that so device anyway, hadn't it? Well, so much so, in fact, that that after you get the bit w- yeah. where they're in there, you're, it's more or less Doctor Her- uh, Terror's I mean, House yeah. of Horror, isn't I mean, it? It's more, it's more like ah, for some reason, you're all here, and now <laughs> let's hear your fate. But I think at least it's a. Uh, it, it still kind of ties together and makes a bit of sense because I'm sure some of the later ones, going from memory here, they they don't even bother to try and make it all work. There's one where they're all in a kind of, I'm sure they're in like a basement of a building, and the, the, the wraparound bit of that just makes no sense whatsoever. Doesn't so really have any connection other than so it's you, just a place where these people are. You're talking about Vault of Horror again, am I? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure that's the one you're talking it about. It might be. I don't know. I can't remember. Like it, like I, I've said before, that uh, these films tend to kind of merge into one a little bit because the linking, which... the linking sequences aren't that memorable. It's the stories no, that are. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and then this. Well, actually, that's all. Apart from the exception that proves the rule, I think is from beyond the grave. 
Right, yes. Which is the the one with Peter Cushing as the the shopkeeper. Yeah. But I think those linking sequences are really good. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that really yeah. does add, yeah. But but yeah, generally speaking, you're right. Even Asylum, I, the, the it was a bit of a bad... Yeah. 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 But yeah. anyway, we don't want to spoil future episodes or past episodes if we've already covered it and I've forgotten. No, we've no, done, done Doctor Terror. We've done Doctor Terror. Did we do it. The House of Drip Blood as well? No. I didn't, we should definitely do that. Yeah. That's got a good linking story about yeah. an estate agent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bloody estate agents. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, here's, here it is though, Paul. Here's my big point. This is probably okay. the only thing that I'm going to say <laughs> that, that, that that's at all like thought provoking okay. and challenging and, or at least might be, right? I think... Ralph Richardson is playing Christopher Lee's role. Right. Stunned silence. What do you think? Um, what What do you mean? Do you think? Well, obviously Christopher Lee isn't in this film. Yes. But then you think, well, where is Christopher Lee? Should, should, okay. Was there a part written for Christopher okay. Lee? Was, was he I offered something? And I don't know whether he was offered the Crypt Keeper or not. Yeah. But if, if if Christopher Lee was going to be in it, I yes. think he would have been the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. And And... Also, like, and I'm just—I was just reminded of Harry H. Corbett and Carry On Screaming. Yeah, because you know, like, like, like in that where he's playing Sir James's role, and yeah. there's one with Phil. There's a Carry On follow that camel with Phil yeah, Silvers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Right. So, 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 these British films sometimes, that especially in with the horror films, it's Cushing and Lee, isn't it? Yeah. You've got yeah. these, so these, these um, when people are writing them. You think they're probably writing them with Cushing and Lee in mind, even if they don't end up being in them. They're, 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 yeah, probably, they're yeah. probably thinking yeah. them. So you watch Plague of the Zombies, and you can see who Cushing and Lee were yeah. meant to play, yeah. even though they're not in it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 for example. And and, and I, I think um, you know, I think Ralph Richardson here is Harry H. Corbett. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's. That's the only original thing I've really got to say about this film. Sorry, okay. sorry for getting out of the way so soon. That's right. Because I think it makes sense to try and do... <laughs> I think with these type of films, it probably makes sense to do each segment. Yeah, let's do that. About it. So we've done. We've obviously done a bit about the, the opening. and the, Right. The, and, the and, then, and then we yeah. see Joan Collins's story, where yeah. she has started off by murdering her husband. Yeah. Uh, but then there's a radio broadcast saying, watch out, there's an escape killer dressed as Santa Claus. Yeah. And um, oh, she's got a door upstairs, and then Santa Claus uh, comes to the door, but she can't call the police because she's murdered her husband, and she's got to get rid of the body or, yeah. or, or fake his death in some way. Yeah, she's it's, trying it's, to push him down in the cellar and make it look like he got drunk and fell into the cellar. Reason being is that he's got a, a life insurance yeah, which policy, in, which she wants to kind so, of cash in. So, so there's not a lot of di- dialogue in this, but it's, no, it's what, not. what you've got though, it's probably. 15 minutes of like um, sort of pseudo Hitchcock that, yeah that kind of, it's a yeah. kind of thriller it's a supernatural element to this and, and you know it's all, it's all about it's all about the evil Santa not getting in and her yeah. like being able to fake her husband's death at the same yeah. time yeah exactly and, and you know she's and, and, not, daughter, wake and, her, and not wake her daughter up yeah. who's, who's upstairs sleeping um, yeah. yeah and it's it's that kind of um I guess it's a little bit like Psycho, isn't it? Where they, you know, where you have the Janet yeah. Lee who who it's one thing she's running away because she's stolen a load of money, mm. and then there's suddenly this kind of 
separate, slightly unconnected thing with, a, with some sort of maniac, and it's like that, just kind of been squished and compressed into 15 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, so I, w- I will say that the kind of device of the maniac on the radio, uh, the radio broadcast telling you about it and stuff, yeah. well, um, that even by 1971, 1972, I think it's yeah. now, um, that was a very old cliched device. Yeah. I, I was watching a Tom and Jerry cartoon not that many months ago, which has the same <laughs> device. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's... Yeah. Uh, but, you know... But, yeah, the, 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 uh, yeah. Oh, no, the other thing about that as well is, obviously, there are time constraints, but the uh, Psycho Father Christmas turns up literally seconds after that, that broadcast has gone out on the radio. Yeah, but in a kind of creepy long shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, and oh, uh, he's done very well, and he and he is quite creepy because I don't know. So, so what I'm going to say about this is that the only thing I've really got to say about this is that it's a kind of masterpiece, a mini masterpiece of direction. Freddie Francis, yeah, yeah. it's really Absolutely. tense. It's um, really there's exciting. A I mean, there's a fantastic bit. You know, you've got the 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 her husband who. Um, it seems to be quite jolly. It's obviously Christmas Eve. He's got a Christmas hat on, hasn't he? He's got a Christmas hat on. Yeah. He's putting his, um, uh, he's got his present for his wife, yeah. which is put it's under the brooch. tree, which is the brooch. Yeah. Which, incidentally, she is wearing in that opening scene. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Could be significant. Um, yeah, so he's put that under the tree and he's enjoying himself and he sits down. He's got the newspaper and then bang she oh. smacks him over the head with like a poker or something but the way it's filmed he you can't see his head because it's behind the newspaper which which is brilliant because a they don't have to show him being hit over the head yeah. but b what happens is you suddenly get a load of red blood splat onto the paper and soak through which is stylishly quite a nice uh, yeah it's kensington uh, gore thing yeah um, oh yeah it's proper yeah. super red unrealistic exactly. blood stuff but yeah um but I just thought that that's really brilliant. I know, and it's a homage, and I say that genuinely. Yeah, to, it to uh, it's a Hitchcock style one. This yeah. is the Hitchcock style one, but really good. I've got yeah, nothing yeah. else to say about it. Uh, it's really good. I'd say say that her uh, their, their their living room is very um, late sixties, early seventies kind of trendy stuff. My parents had had rooms that were a bit like that for probably right into the mid eighties. Oh, oh yeah, uh, should be retro now. I thought it looked yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, oh, uh, give away the ending. Um, oh yeah, the, so the, the daughter, so the, the daughter obviously is really excited because it's Father Christmas, and she goes and lets him in. Yeah, uh, but there's some, there's quite a lot of tense bits where where he he's obviously trying to get in, and you know Joan Collins is shutting the doors oh, and the sh- sort of stuff almost and like sort of, yeah, it's yeah just trying to, yeah, yeah yeah very much like that yeah. and the guy that plays it, the, the Santa maniac is is quite creepy looking no it's they've, right. they've, char- they've found somebody that looks quite he doesn't say anything does he he's no just, no he's just very uh, yeah. and he's got a, a kind of fairly expressionless sort of I think I think he, he, he's credited in the titles as maniac Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very, 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 very complicated. Well, Santa maniac. That's yeah. better. Um, that's cool. Any, anyway, um, uh, that, right. Move on. Let's move on. We've got four words to cover. <laughs> What's the second story for? So yes. So the second story is um, uh, what was it called? It's the one. Um, I can't remember his name, but it's the one with Ian Hendry. Uh, he points out that he's in a hurry. Oh, to get this somewhere. is really good as well. 
I, yeah, I don't know. What yeah, I, see, I'm not, I'm not as keen on this one. But but but, but, but basically, he he um he says goodbye to his wife and kids, and then he's supposedly drives off. Well, he's supposedly going somewhere, presumably for work. But he's actually driving, he's actually, eloping with his mistress. Yeah, they're um, actually moving out. But but then um. But, but then he goes to sleep and in leaving the car his and wife, he, leaving his wife and kids yeah. as well I'd like to point out so yeah. none of these people are particularly nice in this film but um, but but then he falls asleep in the car he wakes up yeah. and, and, and and his girlfriend crashes it yeah and, and then he kind of staggers out of the wreckage yeah. and, and, and it's all, then it's all like a first person like a first yeah. person shooter yeah, yeah. Um, so, 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 so POV yeah, yeah, oh yeah, exactly, and 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 the, but obviously he go he goes to try and get help, but the people yeah, are horrified, a bit, a bit horrified, and then then, and then he goes he, he goes back to his family home, yeah, and he's find that there's another man there with his wife, yeah, and 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 his wife's yeah. horrified, yeah, and he goes to his mistress, who's, and, and and but she she's not horrified because she's Cause been, she's been blinded by. Yeah. the accident but then he sees his reflection which happened two years two ago two years ago yeah. and he sees his reflection and he's a zombie yes yeah. uh, and then he wakes up yeah in, in the, the car, car. Yeah. and then they crash yeah yeah um, <laughs> so I, I really liked it I did really like it I think um, the only thing is I think I don't know if it's just because I'd not seen it that long ago but the whole kind of I think the whole kind of having it from his point of view at that point it, you can kind of guess what it what it is that's wrong with him. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that's right. Uh, so it's not a massive twist. No, but um, but it's just. Not but it reminded done. me a lot actually of um, the Outsider, the H.P. Lovecraft story. You're going to tell me you don't remember it now, aren't you? The Outsider. I remember a different H.P. Lovecraft story with a similar kind of. Um, looking in the mirror twist at the end called The Evil Clergyman which was basically the last thing he wrote but I don't remember the outsider which no, was that it's it's a quite an early story I think that's when he might still be trying to be em- sort of emulating Poe to a degree but it's again it's about a man who who's locked up in a in a a, a tower oh no I do remember this I do remember this it's the yes. same isn't it yeah. it's the same yeah, and and then and, and then he's horrified, um, ruining H.P. Lovecraft for anyone. Oh no, no, no! no but no, but I mean, the Evil Clergyman's a bit of a fragment, but that that yeah. that's a really good story. Is, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded yeah. me of that. I know. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. There are some really some of the more obscure H.P. Lovecraft stories are amazing. I remember yeah. this is one. I think it's called the Tower or something, where he's he's a he he falls asleep and he's a guard and then. And then every time he falls asleep, he switches back between being the god of the, this ancient civilization. Yeah, yeah. And and, and then and then, yeah. and then and then just as the the, the gates are about just as the, the enemy army is <coughs> yes, coming or something, yeah. he, he wakes up again and he can't get back to sleep. And then yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I know, the, I know the one. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're, so we're digressing, but it, it reminded me of that. So, so and 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 presumably that might have been where the EC. Comics got the original story from as well. I think that's possible because Lovecraft was already influential in the fifties. Yeah, I, I, know, I know he's he, he died as as many great yeah. writers often do, uh, penniless and unheralded. But I yeah. think quite soon afterwards, I think sort of in the fifties yeah. and certainly the the sixties, uh, 
August Derleth had started publishing his stories. Yeah. Well, that's it. How Derleth who, who yeah. rescued him from obscurity, didn't he? But um, you can kind of see the Lovecraft, uh, all the well, maybe maybe the Lovecraft influence, maybe just like American influence on it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, I, it was two for two after those stories. I have to say, like both of them. Which was the third one? Right. So the third one is um, the most, one of the most heartbreaking um, segments of any film ever. And it's the one with Peter Cushing. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so this is, um, I don't know what it's, what, what it's called. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was called now, but um, yeah, I can't remember. It doesn't exactly. matter, he plays... I'll tell you in a minute. Oh, is it Arthur Grimsdyke? Grimsdyke, yeah. Um and he's this kindly old man, essentially a bin man, um, a widower whose pleasure is his dogs and, uh, you know, um, making presents for the local children. But he, in a nice, innocent way, he's a lovely guy. But his neighbours, rich uh, neighbours opposite, um, like father and son, and yeah. the son, who is the guy, the, yeah. I, I don't recognise the actor. No, he's called uh, David Markham, but I don't really know yeah, if yeah. he was in anything else. Yeah, the name's familiar, I think. I noticed his name, I thought it was vaguely familiar. Um, but any, anyway, David Markham, he's particularly angry, just wants to get this guy out so he can presumably turn that place into a bit of garden for their mansion. But um, he won't, but Grimstone won't sell out, so he starts a vindictive hate campaign. Yes. Yeah. He frames Grimstone's dogs for... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Takes his dogs away. Yeah, after they've ruined, they've the, ruined neighbor. the neighbours. But roses, allegedly. he didn't do. Then he, he spreads pedo rumours. Yeah, basically. So it says that, you know... So all the kids aren't allowed. The kids, yeah. What's he doing to them, yeah. He gets him fired from his job. Yeah. Using his influence over the council. Yeah. And, and then the, 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 the final thing is that... Um, on Valentine's Day, he sends him like well, yeah. two hundred Valentine's now, cards. Does he send them, or is it? Is it? Does he? Does he send them all, or is it? Has he got some of the other people, neighbours, to send them as well? No, I think it's him. And if you look okay. at because you see some of them as Grimstein's reading them, and they're all written in the same handwriting. Yeah. So, so I think they've all come from. The, and he the, rhymes all of them. Yeah, and I'm, I don't know if like because you only get to hear a couple of them, but it makes me wonder. If he was really struggling on the sort of, I don't know, 20th card for for some rhymes. Yeah, no. roses yeah. are red, violets are bligh. Yeah. <laughs> Come on then, just I hate go you. and die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so, sort of like an old, uh, in, in some ways it's a bit like a, a sort of old-fashioned version of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I'm afraid Grimstein could commit suicide because he's yep. lost everything. Yeah. But then a year later he comes back and he uh, as a zombie again. Well, yeah. There's a there's a key uh, key point just to make here that he um, he talks to his dead wife quite often, whose name is Helen. Yeah. But but the picture but, uh, isn't Helen. No. Isn't Helen Cushing? No. Uh, um, although he did want it to be. He yeah. So he and he contacts her via a Ouija, uh, board. Ouija board. Um but yes, his apparently with this Cushing was originally gonna be playing uh 
the, the main role in Wish You Were Here. Oh, yeah, well, Bridge um, Green. That's where he was originally offered, but he didn't want to do that. He wanted to do something different and do something a little bit different there. And I, I, I read that apparently they expanded that role a little bit more and gave him more to do. And, um, but the thing, and he, he's, it was his idea. He, he sort of like... Well, and it's, it's, ob- that, it's obvious why. It's yeah, obvious why. So that, knowing the, the about Peter Cushing, you, you, you yeah, know exactly. why he did you this. Know, Especially yeah. it being like... And that, that again adds to the whole heartbreak well, of this whole thing. Because so, not only is it a story about a persecuted old, gentle old man who's just driven to suicide for no real good reason, it, it is also reflecting re- in real life of his, his grief and this is kind of, of his grief yeah. the only I don't know that anywhere else um, on film he expressed it no um, but it, you, you, it's very convincing it's a very convincing portrayal of, yeah of, uh, and it's a bit too real that's yeah. why it's yeah. deserved it, I mean the, the ending is just like old zombie comes back rips yeah there's nothing got, no, uh, yeah, and yeah. then he writes a comedy comedy uh, couplet about it still pumping heart which yeah just oh so uh, you have uh, something like you had no heart and now that's literally true or something like that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah ripped his anyway um, but but the, the the thing that everyone remembers I think about this is kind of the, the rawness and it's one yeah. of Cushing's best ever yeah. performances and it's yeah I mean it's great it's three, it's three for three this film's good yeah it's it's, it's absolutely heartbreaking yeah. uh, uh, it, it just works it just works and, and I wouldn't have let Cushing play this role. No, I w- and I definitely wouldn't have let his wife's name be. No, you, you, yeah, you'd have been a bit worried for his his sanity, really, wouldn't you, or whatever. I don't think it was as widely. Well, I think in the industry it was known. Yeah, but I don't. No, I don't think you wouldn't have known the public the quite knew no. what state he was in. Otherwise, yeah. it would have just been. Why is he yeah. doing this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but the other thing was. Um, it, there was actually quite a similar thing when he played a widower again in The Ghoul, which yeah, was 1975. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that time, the picture of the character's yeah. wife is Helen. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, he's a slightly different character, but it, yeah. And, and, and I do like the, the fact that at the end of this, uh, just before they... The, when they go to his funeral, the, the two... Uh, the father and the son. I mean, the father was kind of sort of vaguely disapproving, but in a, I'm not going to bother to actually do anything about this sort of way. Yeah. But did you get the sense that he felt a little bit of guilt at that point? Because I thought there was a hint of I th- I guilt think about what he'd done. I, I, th- I think there was. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so you get, and then he's kind of, he won't go to bed because he's, he's like upset. And that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Anyway, that's the third story. The fourth story, um, is that Wish You Were Here? That's Wish You Were Here. Yeah. yeah. So Which, this is one with Richard Green and I can't remember who the female actress is without looking up. Oh, a bit misogynist, Paul. we got to... <laughs> <laughs> we got to look it up now. Uh, but I'm going to add to the misogyny because the... Uh, the the, the the other uh, the other character in it the lawyer is um, Roy Dutrice, isn't it? Yes, he, it is. Yeah, um, it's Barbara Murray, the great Barbara Murray. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, yeah, I really love Barbara Murray. I'm not okay. sure. What's Barbara Murray been in? Um, that name is vaguely familiar. It is kind of familiar. I think she's, she's very uh, good in this anyway. Uh, <laughs> Although her character probably is a bit stupid. Yeah, she was in, uh, I guess, 
passport to Pimlico. Excellent. Bit of healing. Just having a look at anything vaguely similar. Doctor at Large. Exactly, exactly the same. <laughs> One of the great horror films. Yeah. Um, the Punch and Judy Man, is that, is that a... Um, Hancock, Tony Hancock, Hancock film, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Up Pompeii. Uh, no, no, up on pay. This, this is probably where we've we've recognised her from. To be fair, oh, she's in. Um, oh no, I was going to say she is in Hard Day's Night. Credited there, but it's just a picture in Paul's Daily Express. <laughs> so that's not really a decent role. So um, more more of a comedy actress, maybe. Yeah, I'm. 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 Yeah, I'm thinking that we probably. Uh, I think I probably know her probably from the Up Pompeii film. I do love Up Pompeii, I really do. Frankie Howard. Um, yeah, but let's never watch The House on Nightmare Park. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yes. yes. So, 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 so it's all about... Um, so he's a sort of... Uh, Richard Green is this sort of businessman... Who's just lost who's everything. Who's just lost everything. He's bankrupt. Um, interesting. I was thinking he's not such a bad person, but there's a, a line early on about how he was selling guns in Hong Kong. Yeah, so it's kind of intimated that he was... He was quite a ruthless businessman yeah, yeah. as well. I mean, you're not supposed to like him, although he doesn't he do doesn't anything bad. I'd have to say that the, the, the trouble is, I think, don't think Richard Green's performance comes across like that. He doesn't come across quite as ruthless as they're trying to make out. No, no. Um, I mean, yeah. But I don't, I don't mind that. I, I, I prefer... Prefer like not to have a pantomime villain. So yeah. So, uh, but I, I can, you can see, you can see Peter Cushing in this role, or yeah. and and you you see that um, if Christopher Lee had done it, he would have been like a heart of stone kind of character. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, Richard Richard Green is is not the same kind of actor. So no. you, maybe you're right. Maybe you, maybe you do have a bit more sympathy for him. But actually, the but I, I don't think that's. Uh, detrimental to the story given where it goes no. which is basically he's been um, he's he's all upset because he's got to sell off his house and all his large collection yeah. of uh, objets d'art yeah. and one, one, one of one of the uh, the priceless antiques he's got is none other than some statue which says yeah, you get three says, wishes yeah, three wishes and um, uh, In- incidentally isn't it a uh, sort of statue doesn't isn't it a statue that has a monkey on it yeah, I think so. Which just well, it, it, I was just say which points to the source material for this, but then they actually say what the source material is, which is the short story. Well, that's right, um, because um, um, the monkey's poor, and, and uh, when she goes, "Oh, let's have a wish," he goes, "No, I've read that short story. Yeah. That's a really bad idea. Don't just, just yeah. don't do any wishes." But again, that again also <laughs> leads you to to be a bit more sympathetic to him because he's actually. Yeah, it's it's, it's also it's, it's also a tinge of postmodernism. Yeah, <laughs> really, it's kind of like, like it's almost like a you know scream when they say okay, well, yeah, what are the rules? Yeah, exactly. And, he's, and he, he goes, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I know how this ends. This doesn't work out. Right. <laughs> so let's just not do this. But she's like, no, let's do this. Yeah. I wish for lots of money. Yeah, and of course, um, they get the phone call from the lawyer like that second. Yeah. Like, oh, it's come come quick, yeah, come quick. Something. So he he goes off, but. Um, but then he's killed in the motor accident on the way. He sees yeah. like death on the motorbike, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and um, the lots of money that she's got is from the life insurance. Yeah. <laughs> so she she's really wealthy, but she's sort of quite distraught about all of this. Uh, and then of uh, course, and then of course she goes, "Well, I'll wish him uh, to come back here." And then of course, uh, she 
she thinks about it and thinks, well, hang on, no, I can't. If I do that, he's just going to be all mangled up. <laughs> so I'll I'll wish that he's back here uh, a few moments before the accident. And uh, and then what it then transpires is that suddenly these two, uh, there's a knock at the door and these two undertakers come in with, yeah. with a coffin. Creepy uh, undertakers. Yeah, and there's a bit of dry ice in there as well. Um, they come in. And what it is, is that obviously minutes before the actual accident, he had seen the death driver on the motorbike and had a heart attack. So he's still dead. Yeah, so then she has to do her final wish. Yeah. Don't worry, though, she's not going to mess it up again, is she? Of course she is. (laughs) And so the final wish, she wishes him back to life. And And that that he'll be around forever and ever and ever and ever. And of course, he wakes up, and in probably the the thing that I find most horrific and horrible in this entire film is that, of course, his his veins are pumped full of embalming fluid. Yeah. Um, and he's, so he's in agony. He's in agony when he wakes up, and and, and so her solution course, to this, her solution to this is to get grab uh, an ornamental sort of sword and start trying to hack him to bits and kill him and. In, in a, a, a a rather sort of um, cheaply done but still really graphic uh, sequence there's a point where which was cut apparently yeah. for, um, I'm not surprised uh, well when it was either first released or when it was I think it was when it was released in the US I think they cut this bit out um, she she splits his sort of guts open basically oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. I mean it's obviously like sheets, it's obviously yeah tests and stuff but it, it, yeah. you see it very very briefly it's like a little yeah, flicker yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. enough the image is just there and you just go and blind of course, and of yeah. course he's still alive he's never going to die and that, that's then it, that's the, the end of that um, and, and again that's quite hackneyed I mean there's quite a yeah. few films there and like that I think that I mean there's so, even, I think Asylum he's there, even has a story which is similar but um it's just good, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. essentially, uh, it follows the same set of things as the monkey's paw. The only difference being is that the final wish is that uh, I think that the, the the man makes is that it's their son that gets killed in this, and um, the final wish is that he he would just just go away and disappear, uh, 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 and it all all be gone and over. Um, because obviously he, they do make the mistake of just wishing him to come back, and he comes back obviously as this kind of mangled corpse. Oh, so in that story, he's been mangled in a in a factory machine. Yeah. So he's pretty horrible. But again, it, it, it's it's quite a it's a very very short story, but it, it is quite masterful in the way that it doesn't actually tell you anything nasty, and you, you just end up imagining it all. And um, who's the short story by? It's by a writer called W. W. Jacobs. Do your joke. Oh yes, he's he's one W away from being a website. I like that joke. Yeah, it's not as funny. Second time. No, but with the first time. To listen, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and, and adapted. The monkey's paw was adapted by our old friends uh, Rishi Smith and Steve Pemberton. Yes. Um, who who did a um, one of their Inside Number Nines? Yeah. Which was, uh, basically, along which was a, basically an adaptation of the monkey's paw, wasn't it? Yeah. Which was therefore it, it, very similar to this story. It's, it's very interesting. I think it's one of those things that's been used a lot, a, a lot. And I think going way back in storytelling, um, the idea of having been granted wishes generally 
always comes at a price. It's quite. I think it's. Um, that's generally been the case with with oh. wishes in stories. Bedazzled, bedazzled is exactly yeah, yeah. the same, isn't it? Well, all, all, yeah. But then, the, but then, but then it is like rent the, ghost. the devil. But, but rent a ghost, the, the when, finest when, of all. When, the, when yeah. the, uh, Perkins have the amulet. We can't really talk about rent a ghost because we can't do it justice. I mean, we cover these things, but rent. We should do rent a ghost. That should be a future podcast. I don't know how we approach the classics like that. <laughs> I really don't. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, Right, so we got one more story. So no, before we move on, um, I do like this story, but there, there are some inconsistencies which sort of slightly irritate me in this. The the main right. one being is um, because it's quite. I mean, it's not really true, is it? So. No, 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 no. But the main one being is that obviously when she wishes him to come back, the moment before the accident, he wouldn't have been embalmed at that point. So that the whole thing falls down. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, so everyone the in the Undertaker's bring him in, saying he's had a heart attack, but when he wakes up, he's got embalming fluid in there. I, I, so I, that whole thing doesn't work. It just reminds me well. of... Um, <laughs> there, there, there's, a, there's a new Twitter feed, isn't there, which is like movie... It's called Movie Goofs, yeah. which are pretend continuous. Yeah. yeah. Things, things like um, <laughs> in Star Wars, Obi Wan Kenobi tells Luke that his father is dead, but he's not. He's alive and well the whole time. <laughs> um, anyway, yes, yeah. yeah, but you're right. You're, you're right. That that is yeah. a logic error. It is a logic error. Yeah, I think I think you you get the final word on that, and we move on to the fifth story. The fifth story, yeah, which is um, called. Blind alleys. Oh goodness me, goodness me. Yes. Uh, so this is about uh, like a retired military man that becomes superintendent of uh, some home for the blind. Yeah. Uh, because I'm not. Uh, I don't know why there's a home for the blind. As opposed. No, I don't know. But, but it's, maybe. A, it's a care home specializing yeah. in blind people. Yeah, yeah. Um, blind, uh, blind old men. Strangely, there aren't any women there are there no you're, you're right so maybe maybe servicemen or so, yeah, I don't know I don't, bit, don't know well maybe 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 the gender separated like like workhouses I don't understand no. the, the kind of welfare no, whether system that, whether that, that was an actual thing that creates this and um, and it's a very good there's a very good chance that, that if ever was such a thing it was in America <laughs> rather than yeah it's probably originally yeah. well it's definitely originally an American set story anyway but then this is obviously transported to England like all the stories um and our, our major, whose name is said about twenty times in the story, but I've now <laughs> forgotten. He he is uh, corrupt and useless. So he yes, Major William Rogers. Yes, Major Rogers. He um and he's got a big dog whose name I do remember, Shane. Yeah, an Alsatian or German Shepherd, depending yeah. on uh, how you classify your big dogs. Um, so they are the same. I, I know, I know, but some okay. might not know both names. All right, fine. Um, so um, Major Rogers just basically spends all the budget on art for his office yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, making sure he has fine wine and nice yeah. and, and basically turns off the, the heating, heating and, and gives them all gruel yeah, yeah it takes <laughs> yeah. their food and yeah. takes away their blankets and he's generally just kind of using it as a way to live it up himself a little bit yeah, and, then, and then clearly uh, trying to make the best of a crappy job he doesn't really want um, but but of course, it's kind of neglect and action. You know, there've been 
lots of examples even recently of of care homes horribly yeah. neglecting people and so you know the, this isn't a million miles away from a conceivable um, um, out, outcome and he goes too well, he's, he goes much too far um, yeah. so um, he's he, the, I mean the residents complain but they can't do anything yeah, who's he's, the, he's got the big the dog main sort of resident um, almost Patrick McNeish yeah, who we mentioned earlier, but the, but but he in fact Patrick McGee, who we've mentioned in other episodes. Yes, because he's yeah. quite in, tends to turn up in quite a lot of these things. So the most no, the, like really good actor, great character actor in a lot of horror films. I always think of him as oh, it's not Patrick McNee, which is <laughs> uh, very unfair. But I can't stop myself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he's sort of like the spokesman for the yeah, and so and he's already sp- spoken up. But um, Shane, this dog, just means it yeah. crawls down any descent. But then one of the old guys basically dies because yes, because of the the poor conditions, yeah, and, poor conditions and food and everything. Yeah. So uh, the 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 blind residents hatch this plan yeah. of um, luring Shane away. They save the meat from their breakfast and they yeah. lure Shane away, and then and then um, and, and yeah, lock him. Away. In a, yeah, exactly, and then he's not there to protect Major Rogers. So then they they then they then basically kidnap Major Rogers and lock him in another room, and then they spend like days uh, starving the dog and creating yeah. this kind of maze. There's, there's a there's a whole load of wood just randomly around in the place that they, and know, obviously that they not, know he's there, and and and, and, and that they find and they're not yeah. obviously so blind that they can't um, do carpentry. Yeah. Um, so, so they create these, 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 these. So what they do is they sort of like they they lock him in this room, don't they? And again, he gets no food and yeah, yeah. And the dog, the, the, dog, the, the dog, dog starts howling in starvation. Yeah. And then after like and then they they three build, days build this this the, the yeah these, they put the wood on the walls with razor blades. So when they let him out after th- three days, um, there's this like, like this this corridor and, and, and he goes in and goes around it and it narrows doesn't it and there's razor blades yeah. but there's lights on and yeah. he and he, can, he just sort of squeezes through, through yeah. and he cuts himself a little bit but he's alright yeah. and then they let Patrick the, McGee the, well Patrick McGee turns the light off and, and they let the dog out and they let the dog out later on as well so, 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 well, no, it's the same time as the light goes out yeah and so the, the, no, they do turn I think they do turn the lights out no, 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 it's the same because it's it's the bigger denouement that he he's trapped with the lights off, so he can't get back through yeah. with the, the with effectively blind. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is really good again so, because cause that stuff with the razors, yeah. the razor blades, is really nasty for one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it does it does make me wonder why they uh, have so many razor blades though. Well, they've got a shave. They all. Yeah, no, it's it's it's. It seems like they have a lot of them, unless there's more people. They put, in there maybe than the five that we see. Stockpiling them. Maybe maybe may, may, may they obviously had Major Blades before Major Rogers took yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's not really a lot to say apart from it's really. I mean, it's, it's, it's got it's, this has got a sense of inevitability. Yeah, They've all got yeah, a sense yeah, of inevitability yeah. about them. But but you know, you know, one, Major Rogers has lost about halfway through, don't you? Is that, this one, this one's quite interesting. And in again, like all all the others, that that, that the, he's. Major Rogers is, is not a nice, pleasant character. Um, but this is a bit different in that the what the blind people do is not nice either. But you you kind of 
on their side a little bit. So, so what Major Rogers done is, is not that bad because the guy that dies, I yeah. mean, he was ill anyway. I mean, he's been neglected, yeah, yeah. but you wouldn't say it was murder. It wasn't probably not even manslaughter. I mean, the guy, the guy, the guy comes to see, and he, mm. but he's, he's told late, isn't he? I mean, so I mean, I'm not saying I sympathise with Major Rogers, but no. but, but I mean, as, as far as retribution goes, it's pretty harsh. To be honest, I think if if this um, uh, if this house uh, this institute for the blind had a uh, good like whistleblower policy, yeah, or, <laughs> or, 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 or complaints policy, but it's only, it seems to be only like one ombudsman. Other employee. If, had, if had an ombudsman yeah. looking after them, I think they wouldn't need to have yeah. gone to yeah. these. So it really does show the uh, that that you really do need uh, effective regulation for yeah, these. Exactly. I think that's, that's the moral of this particular is, story. Yeah. You know, you need to have a robust that, regulator in, in the care sector. And I think maybe you need more employees than than the bloke that dishes out the food. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You, but I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think I don't think he fires any of the, the staff, does he? It's just he just won't. Yeah, let them just, get, you just don't see any of them. Yeah. Oh, well, one of them gets locked in the cupboard. He's the the thingy guy, though, isn't he? He's the guy that um, does the food. It's the same bloke gets locked in the cupboard. Yeah, but so uh, he, he's, he probably, he's the one employee. I think well, there's nurses on the nurse. Oh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> any, any, um, anyway, anyway, uh, it's good. So five for five, five yeah. for five. Um, but then, okay, this is the only because I, I, I alluded to this, right? I think this linking sequence is perfunctory. And when yeah. Ralph Richards at the end says, "This wasn't a warning. It's to tell you why you're all going to hell." Yeah. Uh, you just think, which is why Joan Collins has the brooch on because it's, it's already, already happened. It's all already happened, and yeah. why um, the guy from the Peter Cushing segment has the rose above, above the have, heart. He does have the rose, doesn't he? Um, yeah. So um, that's right. It's it's like Doctor Terror. You're you're already dead. Yeah. Uh, and, and then one of them but again, Richard, again, it's Richard Green falls into hell. He does, he? but he again that's an inconsistency with his story because. In his story, he wakes up and then can't ever be killed. So why, if he's already... Because all the others are already dead and on their way to hell, which is the kind of effective... End but, of but, this, but he can why never go there? to the afterlife. That's the whole point of the... Do you know, Paul, I didn't even spot that. <laughs> I, there was I saying that this is, <laughs> this is a great film and this was all... It is, but it's the one segment that doesn't quite fit in with that whole... Well, no, no, let's 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 be let, okay. Let's be absolutely <coughs> honest. Let's bring it all together now, right? Okay. The five stories are good. Yes. The linking sequence it's is not. bad. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so I mean that doesn't make any sense. So yes. Because because it's totally uh, I use the word perfunctory. Uh, it's exactly the right word. Mm. It, it's not. It doesn't do any. It's pointless. I yeah. mean, it's it's like oh look, and, it's Ralph Richardson. And in the, in the, the comics, no, what no. would have happened was that the crypt keeper would be there cackling and the beginning and making a kind of doing a kind of introduction to it um, and he would be there again at the end doing some sort of summary and probably making some terrible pun on yeah, something which was generally what they did in those comics so if it just had that, that uh, then that, that would probably be fine but what they've tried to do is do the, the typical amicus thing and make it exactly and, connected and it hasn't quite worked which is no. a shame because the adaptions of all the stories are good yes and it, so I'm going to say... Are you going to mention the, the very end bit? Oh, where he turns to the camera? Yeah, yeah he turns to the... Breaks the 4-4. Four, four. 
Uh, he said, like, does he say something like, who's next? Is it you? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I quite like that. Yeah, it was bad. It was really... It is bad, but I quite like it. So, but this is the great... Oh, I'm glad I'm glad he's not that bad in the <laughs> Time Bandits, I have to say. <laughs> no. Because it really ruined Time Bandits if he'd been as bad as that in this, yeah. but as if, in effect, Time Bandits is great, so he hasn't really... But then again, you know, he would have been doing this, he would have done that, like a day's work at the most and... Well, uh, yeah, got paid. it's true, but then that's how the industry works. Would have had bought like a new car or something, maybe. Maybe, maybe he probably didn't make any money in theatre, so yeah. No, Pro- exactly. Yeah. So you know, okay. Between plays, and it's, it's a nice little bit of money, isn't it? Yes, for not an awful lot of work. No work at all. No. Literally, you or I would have been just as good in this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so I think this is a successful film and it did spawn a sequel, which we mentioned, uh, yeah. Vault of Horror. And, and uh, you know, Amicus just went on and on with these for a few yeah. more years in, until until the whole British horror industry basically collapsed. Uh, yeah. But, but, which was not that many years later, was it? But no, they I still, they still, they still got like the Exorcist and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but they still got a few more of these films out after this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, but I'm going to say it's really good. I really yeah, enjoyed no, watching I, it. I, really, I really, really enjoyed really think watching it's, it as well. Uh, very strong Amicus. You know, they def- this was their speciality. Sometimes when they're doing knockoff Hammer films, it's yeah. quite bad. But when they're doing their own thing like this, especially when they actually were set up to do kind of transatlantic things. Yeah. Uh, like something a bit American, a bit British, yeah. So this was this really but, uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like it as well and, and all the little individual stories are great mm. and the good thing about these is if if one isn't so great, it it, it doesn't, it, it's not long to get another one that's that's better but in this one they're all, they're they're all, all good. good. Yeah. Um, and and really, really, that that's all there 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 is to say. Yeah. And but then uh, I think I think oh the, no, the, one other thing really important. Yeah. Of, of course, this being an Amicus film, I think if you'd been listening to Paul Cornell on this film, you'd have had to have paid. But but because we <laughs> don't do that, stop going on about. <laughs> you listen to this for free, so take that, Paul Cornell. The thing is, it's probably probably anyone that listens to it probably doesn't even listen to that and don't even know what you're talking about. Huh? No. Huh? I did like you know. Father's Day, though, that was a good episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, uh, okay, another thing. Another thing, because I I, want to say, um, so I did a poll on Twitter to see what what we were going to cover next, right? And and I I gave four options. Yeah. And those options were um, City of Thieves, which was, you know, following up House of Hell. Yeah. Um, And then... um, uh, the Legend of Hell House, which would be another way of following up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. As well. And, yeah. and also, um, I think I did The Vampire Lovers. Yeah. And Carry On Screaming. Yeah. And um, it was basically, it was a three-way tie between Carry On Screaming and The Vampire Lovers and Legend of Hell House. Right. And uh, the City of Thieves was one vote behind and then when I posted this on Facebook someone our friend Alex actually yeah. came up and said oh I wish I'd seen the Twitter poll I would have voted for City of Thieves so if you had have done we'd have to have it done all, all four it would have been it would have been a complete <laughs> crazy yeah um, so I don't know I, 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 I think we've got a pretty free hand so um, and, you know our next episode maybe one of those or it may yeah. not be I've got a real like I really want it to be 
I really want to watch Legend of Hell House again because that's yeah. that was filmed somewhere where I, I, I there's a pub there that I like. So yeah. uh, I could go to the pub. We could go to the pub. Well, I, I, I think I think because you know who knows when the next episode will be out, and um, we do have some occasions with uh, night, nothing but the night. We kind of to don't even do don't, an episode. Don't do an episode <laughs> on it. I, I would I say, say Kronos, actually. Yeah, yeah. I would say let's just. Um, I like Captain Kronos. Yeah, that's, that's my view. I like Captain Kronos. It's not like nothing but the night I like Captain Kronos. Yeah. But, let's, but let, just, let's just let's just make it a bit of a mystery and 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 yeah, all there. Yes, we'll 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 mention on our social media when when we have know what we're going to do. Yeah, and also if you've got something you passionately want us to talk about, um, yeah, you can yeah. contact. Nicely done. You can contact us on um, Twitter where we're at very Brit Horror. Or on Facebook, where we're a very British horror. Or you can email us at a very British horror at gmail dot com. And, and please do and all those. Things. Yeah, and obviously uh, you can review us on iTunes as well. We'd like that. Yeah, you can still. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay, but not, uh, not enough people do that. In, in, until um, until the next time, I'm I've been Paul Cornell, and I'm Elizabeth Miles. <laughs> Good night.